coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School, sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Once again, we are live out at Bourbon Street, 8th and R in the Haymarket. Come on by. Jay Foreman's in the house. I'm Jake Sorensen for DP. We hope DP gets continued rest and gets better. Hopefully he's back next week. Fighting a little illness right now, but uh, you know, our thoughts are with him as he gets better. You can come on by. They got surf and turf today. Eight ounce Angus beef New York strip and a juicy lobster tail with some sides, asparagus, and red potatoes. Also, you just got some fried catfish coming out here. They yeah. got shrimp boils here, shrimp and snow crab, potatoes, corn, and dewy sausage. Also, uh, uh, the New Orleans one is shrimp and crawfish with potatoes, corn, and dewy sausage. It is good, really good stuff. Also, they got beer buckets, Jay. They got 20 bucks for domestic beer buckets, six beers of your choice, plus craft ones are 25 bucks. Uh, ask your waitress for that. Bourbon Street, 8th and R in the Haymarket. So we will get to some picks here coming up in a second. I did ask for people to text in any questions they have for you. I got a text coming in. Um, text says this, Jay, number one, I hope Mickey gets the job. And if he does, what kind of offense do you think he would run? I have an idea of that. Oh, uh, well, I mean, you know, I have no, like, guarantee idea, but I, I, I guarantee they would it would be based on being physical. You know, I think it would be, uh, you know, they'd you know run the ball, so I guess it would be somewhat like, LSU had where you know you'd be able to have some big linemen are able to move some people and then uh, be explosive as well I mean when you have one of the best wide receiver coaches in the nation you know they're going to be explosive on the outside he'll get guys to play up to their potential and then some so I think it's going to be uh, you know 50 50 60 40 type of offense but I think it's also going to be adaptable as well um, I think Mickey's seen enough football and this offensive staff has seen enough football or the staff that he would have or anybody would have has seen enough football or played against enough teams to understand and you're not always going to be able to do what you want to do every single game and so you have to be able to adjust you got to be adaptable um and you know so you know i think it'll be you know a physical type of uh offense i think it what you if you got an offensive line and an offense that's physical it's going to make your defense physical and so that's you know you kind of knock out two birds with one stone yeah, we'll see. Again, I uh, have no idea if Mark Whipple will be part of the plans for Mickey if he, uh, if he is the head coach next year. Mark Whipple is still around right now, though. He's calling plays for the team. Calling yeah, a bunch why of wouldn't he? I mean, they, you know, he's, uh, I mean, the deep balls are part of just being there. And um, you got to take advantage of what you need to. Early in the season, we were, you know, North Dakota, we were pounding them with the run the second half. And so you got to be able to do what you need to do and win the game. And so. If, if the, the running lanes are there, I, I assume, uh, you know, Coach Whipple's going to call those. And so, the, you know, you need the offensive line to play well, both in the run game and the pass game. And it's got to be, you know, called to the point that where it puts them in those in those positions to be advantageous. And, um, you know, then your rest is there. And, uh, you know, look, at the end of the day, every, the easy thing to do is, like, blame a play caller. But ultimately, you know, every play is called to have somewhat success. You know what I'm saying? If it's blocked correctly, you're going to have somewhat success or a manageable 
uh, gain that you can live with. So we have got to get to the point that we uh, execute more efficiently and on a consistent basis, and we can do that this week against a good defense. From YouTube, Jay Harvey chimes in with the question. says, Jay, should we use the pass to set up the run or just run right at them immediately to try to set a tone tomorrow? Uh, look, I mean, Illinois is going to be a physical team, so you're not going to think you're going to intimidate them. I think you just do – you take what they give you. If, if you know you have an advantage at a certain position, then you, you know, kind of work that to set up the run. But ultimately, you know – you could pass all day and they could be softened up for the run. If you're not executing, it don't really matter what you call as far as run game goes. So, you know, I think we've got to have some stick to it in this and, you know, and then uh, we've got to play some real good complimentary football, you know, like last week when we were, you know, down by seven or maybe tied, you know, I think we had a series that was only like 12 seconds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we got to, you know, kind of get away from that. And, and, and now one, everybody will say, well, that's on Whipple. No, it's not. It's on the, execution of the plays the penetration you can call 10 plus pass plays in a row you got to block them letting some guy have ollie you know what ollie ollie oxen free is oh yeah ollie ollie oxen free on casey thompson is not uh <laughs> that doesn't matter what play is called so we got to do a better job of executing the plays and we'll be we'll be okay Okay, another question coming in for Jake. And get your questions at 402-464-5685 or watching, comment on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Question for Jay: in his experience when it comes to our line performance or lack thereof for our linemen on both sides, are they being taught or coached right or is it more of a question of talent? What's the, what is more of the, the problem there? Uh, I think it's more of an execution thing. I know they're being coached right. I think they're more talented than what they've shown. Um you know, you've had some injuries, so you've had the lack of continuity. So people need to understand that is part of it, too. You know what I mean? You had, you know, Teddy Peraska's out, you know, again. Yep, that's right. And then you had Turner in there, and then mm-hmm. you were expecting Nori that was going to probably be your best lineman, the it's guy that loss. you know, right? And then you had, you know, Bryce Benhart, you would have, you hoped that he stepped up. And then he's all over the place, and then you got Hunter Anthony. So it, it's been a lack of continuity, but I know they're being coached right. And they, you know, and, and people forget Earlier in the season, you were saying we're seeing improvement, even though there were little things every game in the beginning of the season. I mean, I think the um, Rutgers game and Purdue game was their worst game because of the amount of whiffs, right? Yeah. Um, And the penetration. So they have to bounce back and get back to what they were doing correctly earlier in the season, and you'll see an overall better performance. And so, and that goes with the defensive line as well. I think the defensive line, you know, probably took a lot of heat unfairly uh, because Purdue ran for 100 yards last week or 180 by the one running back, and a lot of it was based on the second and third levels not doing their – I'd ask you, Jay, in terms of that, I'm not saying – I'm not calling out any position coach, but I'm, I'm, in general, is it obvious to you, both NFL or college football, when a position coach is not doing his job? Is it obvious – uh, or is it more of a? Is it more on the players? Like how do you even? Some, sometimes, but if you see a little bit of continuation of things that aren't good, then you know, then that that's it. But you know, I think at some point, you know, at some point in time, the players got to figure it out. You know, you know, there, there comes a point in time if me and you are out there with Nick, we got to come to the sideline and saying, okay, well, what are you seeing? We have to stop this play if it's getting us two or three times in a row. Um, that's where it comes to, and the coaches don't have anything to do with it. There's not a play that, they, that Nebraska saw or a situation or a shift or, or a check that they weren't ready for. It, it's up to the players to execute. 
You know, the coaches aren't teaching you to be confused based on a, a simple motion by a slot receiver. Those, that should be basic. You've got to be locked in. And if you, cre- if you have that little bit of hesitant or you're hesitant on the third level, it seeps down to the second level, seeps down to the first level, and then, of course, everybody wants to blame the D-line or linebackers. But, you know, at the end of the day, guys, people, people need to uh, execute and, uh, and, and be locked into the game. And that's why football is such a team game. The defensive line depends on the defensive backs as much as they depend on the linebackers and so forth and so on. Okay, moving on. Another question for you, 402-464-5685. John says, uh, Jake, I have a question for Jay. Are Illinois linebackers any good, or does their defensive line make them look better than they actually are? Oh, I, I think they're they're good. They're not at quite the level that they were, you know, in years past when they had, uh, I think his number was 35, and I think Barnes is still there. But their defensive line, they're led by four guys, uh, you know, and outside linebackers. Is in, uh, they're, they're the guys that have all the tackles for loss. They're the guys that have 16 of the 23 sacks. So, really, they're feasting on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can't really say the linebackers aren't very good. But that, that's a, it's a well-coached defense, a defense that is uh, very chippy and very physical at all three levels. And the linebackers are not to be trifled with or looked over. Uh, Kelly says, and I'm not sure why you would know this, but maybe you would, Jay. Uh, Kelly says, could Mickey bring Ed Ordron to coach the line next season? The O-line? D-line. He says O-line, probably D-line. He's oh, a I have no idea. Coach. I have no idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Can you imagine Mickey and Ordron? I mean, Ordron's a great recruiter. That's what he's always been doing. Ed Ordron would recruiter. be down at Bourbon Street all the time. He'd be here. Yeah, be, he'd be just chilling here nonstop. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think Coach Dawson's doing a good enough job. I think, you know, so uh, I think uh, – you know that, that that's you know that's where I stand at. I don't, I, you know, of course, Ed Ogeron is a great coach. You know, he probably he probably won. Maybe he come in as like a associate head coach or something, kind of like you know, learn from his mistakes. But you know, Ed Ogeron got fat pockets right now, and I'm sure he's got a lot of opportunities. So yeah, he does. Um, he doesn't need. To I like right I now. like Coach Dawson. I like the way he coaches. I think he's you know a, a, a coach down there that holds the guys accountable and put them in the position that they, they need to be. You know, to be honest with you, you know, Colton Feast. Uh, last week played a pretty good game for him as far as being able to affect the plays, whether he was making it or not. And it went all for nothing because of the way that the, you know, the, the, the running games numbers showed up and the defensive numbers game showed up. So, you know, I liked it. You know, Coach Dawson's fine with me. I'm not going to worry about Ed Ogeron. From YouTube, RM Husker says, do you think Nebraska will try to stack the box tomorrow to try to slow down Chase Brown or can Tommy DeVito pass through that? These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life and is made to last. Plus, with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code WA23. Well, I mean, look, I guess you could take the Patriots you know, type of mindset where they they're going to try to take away what you do best, and if you beat them doing what you don't do best, then you kind of, like, tip your hat. So I imagine that they're going to be very focused on Chase Brown in that running running game, but you can't be so focused on it that you don't cover the tight end or you don't cover, you know, you know Juice Williams. So, you know, look, it, it, this is a game to where you know Chase Brown is kind of like the, you know, you know, he's the head of the snake, but you can't let somebody else have a career day based on um, you being so focused on Chase Brown. 
Yep. Chase Brown's going to be someone that he's, he's going to get his yards. He's not. You hope to not keep him below 200 yards, not let him just shred you. But can you? Can you keep him to a respectable yard? Well, you don't per want carry? him. To, you don't. You don't want explosive plays in the run game from nope. him, and you don't want to. You don't want a lot of yards after contact, right? So you want to make sure that you eliminate the yards after contact, or keep it to you know a minimum. So th- those are the biggest things you want to. You want to get. Yeah, he's gonna, he's good enough. He's good enough to make you miss. We got to do a good job of gang tackling. We got to we got to own our gaps. We got to do our job, own our gaps, and then we got to go play football. And sometimes, you know, we got to make a good play against him in the open field. He's a good running back. He's a great running back, having a great year. Um, they, you know, they feed off of him, and it seems that he gets stronger as the game goes on. But you know, then so should we. We got to keep hitting this dude, and we got to hit him hard, and we got to go in there. We got to punch the ball out. We got to make him uncomfortable. We can't let him have clean reads. You know, right from the get-go. And uh, once you do that, that's when you play really, really well. If you really play w- well against him on first and second down and then you kind of put it in a position where they got to think about running a different part of their playbook, that plays into Nebraska's uh, hands. And so, you know, a big thing is first and second down, establishing yourself, gang tackling. Mm. You know, we used to have this stat to where we would, ha- we would call it knockback, right? So we hit a guy, knock him back, you know. And, and so if we do do that and take that mentality, we'll be just fine. All right, quick programming note. you got uh, high school football tonight. Nick Sainter, Jay Foreman on the call. Is it Lincoln yeah. Southwest? Lincoln Southwest, Miller Lincoln, West tonight? Lincoln Southwest against Miller West. Miller West came down to Lincoln with a lot on the line. It was, it, you know, Lincoln Southwest could have won the most games. They end up eventually got it, won the most games that they uh, could have since, like, 2016 or 14. And Miller West won on the last second play, won 69 yards. Jamel Williams' son, Jackson Williams, uh, I think had one reception going into the game. He ended up with like six catches and four touchdowns. Wow. He was the wow. unstoppable force. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting. Look, you, you never get a, you hardly ever get a chance to re-up against a team where Lincoln Southwest essentially dominated the whole game. And they had some uh, game planning errors, time of possession errors, situational football errors and, and very rarely do you get another shot now they get another shot at home hmm. in the playoffs uh, a lot more at stake you expect miller west to do a better job against the run but uh i guarantee you southwest has, has been looking forward to this game for quite some time seven o'clock seacrest field nick sander jay foreman on the call right after this uh, you have an hour to get over there jay so i know you'll get out you'll get out of here right dude, we time. have to get on that little crotch yeah. rocket right there man dude, 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 dude running around he rode around did you see him he's riding around the crotch rocket with a yale jacket on how about that yeah yale with, go with bulldogs some, yeah. go bulldogs yeah all right, so we're going to do a couple college football picks. We'll do NFL picks next segment. So let's get you. We last yesterday at uh, this, at the, the Scarlet Hotel, we did some Big Ten picks. Yeah, so let's, let's do some college football. Let's, picks. let's do some college football picks. Top twenty-five. We will skip the Big Ten games. We already did those. So let's look at a couple. Uh, the, I think the big one of rank versus ranked tomorrow at two thirty. Oklahoma State is a one and a half point underdog against Kansas State Ooh. and Adrian Martinez. Is Adrian playing? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I would assume that he's playing because they're favored by right. one and a half. That seems like a, a good reason for, to pick I'm going to go Oklahoma State because Adrian wasn't able to finish the last game. Yep. And even though the quarter, backup quarterback came in, he threw the ball pretty well. I think the reality set in, he threw a couple picks. Um, I like Kansas State. You know, I like the way they play. But if Adrian isn't playing, that definitely goes to Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State o- overcoming what they did last week to get that victory probably, I think, really springboards them to playing you know really well going forward and 
You know, I like the way Oklahoma State's offense is. That You know, they're healthy or healthier than Kansas State. Um, they spread you out. They can run it a little bit. The defense is always kind of Oklahoma State type of defense. They bend but don't break, and then they make a couple plays. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State pure on the fact that Adrian Martinez wasn't able to even get to the second quarter yep. last week. Um, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. At one point, K-State was playing a third-string quarterback because yeah. Howard got hurt to the backup. But he came back in the game. But he had a third-string quarterback because he got hurt too. So they always have issues. Kyler Thompson could not stay healthy at K-State the last couple of years. He's now with the Dolphins in the NFL. But um, just unfortunately how they always have injuries there. Okay, another ranked versus ranked team in the SEC, 19th-ranked Kentucky, Heads to third-ranked Tennessee. The Volunteers are a 12-point favorite for a 6 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, Tennessee's wearing their black uniforms, man, and oh, I'm going to go those. with Tennessee. Even though they're, they're a lot like Illinois, they're dealing with a lot of uh, a lot of expectations now. And, and you know, uh, their quarterback is getting Heisman looks, and he looks pretty oh, look unstoppable. Um, kind of like this catfish look trade right catfish. here. Look yeah. at the catfish. Let me show us on the screen. Look at that. The catfish has arrived. Look at yeah. that. Look at that. The catfish was oh. not caught at Holmes Lake. It was not. Yeah. No way. Um, so I'm going to go with Tennessee. I'm not really sold on, on Levis and Kentucky uh, being a national powerhouse. Um, I think they had a good year last year. Uh, they're a consistent program. I would say they deserve to be ranked, but I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think um, it's going to be a shootout now. I don't think Tennessee Tennessee doesn't play a lick of defense now. I mean, nope. don't listen, they got a ton of talent. Don't play a lick of D. But Levis has been hurt. They haven't been as consistent. Obviously, they missed Wandale from that uh, Kentucky offense, and so I'm gonna. And I think Rodriguez, their their running back, is out too. Ooh. So I'm, I'm definitely. I think. Don't that quote stinks. me on. But I'm still. I'm gonna go with Tennessee, and I think that's why they're favored so much. TCU has been having a magical season. A lot of close victories, some comeback victories. Uh, they head to West Virginia at seven and zero. West Virginia three and four. Night seven game. and a half point favorite. That's actually eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Yeah. No moonshine flowing for those fans no. over there. Any chance of an upset, uh, TCU going down at all to West Virginia on the road? No, West Virginia is just not the normal West Virginia, where you always expect them to have one or two upsets. And they actually really play well upset-wise at 11 or at night. But West Virginia, I don't think, is the same West Virginia that we've you know, grown to you know, you know, respect or, I guess, you know, expect for them to play well. So I'm going to go with TCU who has kind of been under the radar, but I think they've been, you know, they got they got a really good quarterback that's actually from Nebraska. They got a really special wide receiver. Their defense is always going to be pretty good. So I'm going to definitely go with TCU here. I, I think TCU wins, but I think they're going to it's going to be a closer game than people think. West Virginia, they play pretty good at home. Mm-hmm. And TCU I think is due for a, a bad game. They they've been living on the edge in some of these games, but they've been winning. So uh, TCU wins but close game. Notre Dame Four and three heads to Syracuse, 16th-ranked Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse has had their first loss to Clemson, a tight game. They're six and one, and they're one-and-a-half-point favorites, a 11 a.m. kick tomorrow, Jay. Mm, that's interesting. I think, was it you telling me about the three-point home yeah. advantage? Right. That lets you know the people that are setting the lines really don't believe in Syracuse. They don't. And they play well against Clemson. They almost did, won they, that well, game they, last week. They should have won that game. Yeah, Uyunglele goes out. They bring in the backup. Right. They the, start winning yeah. the game. Um. I'm going to go with Syracuse. They play really, really well at home. I'm, I think they have I, – I, I like their quarterback. I like their running game. I like their defense. I do not like Notre Dame. Just, I, don't I, don't, I don't think they, – they have not really looked good all year. Um, 
And so I'm going to go with Syracuse. I like what they're doing in Syracuse. I like their coach. And I believe in that this is a pretty good team in Syracuse. I do too. Dino Babbers is getting it done this year. Yeah. Uh, moving on for some games, a couple more for the uh, for college football. Cincinnati, ranked 20th, heads to UCF, uh, led by Gus Malzahn. UCF yeah. actually a one-point favorite despite yeah. not being ranked in this game. Yeah, that's crazy because, you know, UCF has pretty much been blowing through people. Um, Cincinnati was, uh, you know, they lost, what, eight, nine guys to the NFL? I mean, which is huge for them. I mean, you know, Cincinnati. Nine guys. Yeah, and they, you know, had Sauce Gardner and so uh, – but, you know, I, think, I still think they're a pretty good program. I think it's taken a little while for them to get the quarterback, you know, in there and used to it and then also getting used to trying to run the ball. I think they haven't been able to run the ball probably as much as Luke Fickle likes. Their defense is still pretty salty. Um, where is this game at? This is in UCF, Orlando. You know, my uncle went to Cincinnati. One of my best friends played at Cincinnati. They'd probably be upset at me that I would, would not pick Cincinnati if I didn't pick Cincinnati. You better know that, watch Jay? yourself, Jay. You better you watch yourself. I'm picking UCF. You because say, I don't care. I don't care. You because, pick winners. Yeah, I pick winners, and I'm going for it. And I like winners. Okay. Yeah, All there's right. a couple winners right there. <laughs> All right, UCF uh, in the in the house tomorrow. They're, uh, they're, Jay hasn't beating Cincinnati on their home field. Last one before we get to break and go to NFL picks next segment. Pittsburgh. Four and three on the road at 21st ranked North Carolina. Six and one Tar Heels. Uh, they are three point favorites. Also, well, that's the that's the that's the uh, home field advantage. I'm gonna go with Mac Brown. I like what they're doing. I like uh, you know their their Mac Brown's team. You know they had that game earlier in the year. What against Appalachian State where it was like 63 to 62. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they rebounded from that, and I think they play better defense overall now uh, since that. And they're at home. So I'm going to go with the Fighting Mac Browns. Okay. All right, when we come back, we are getting, we're live at old we're live at old school's live at Bourbon Street, Eighth and R, the Haymarket. Come on by, great food. They got uh, surf and turf tonight. Great drinks, also beautiful night on the patio. Hang with us. When we come back on old school, we will have Jay's NFL picks. More on 93.7 The Ticket next.